The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Mirabai Devi is an international spiritual teacher and a living example of unconditional love. Originally from Johannesburg, South Africa, Mirabai has dedicated her life to the service and spiritual awakening of humanity. As a pure, loving expression of divine light and healing grace, she initiates a deep and expanded transformation of consciousness in anyone who's willing to approach her with an open and receptive heart. I am really honored to have Mirabai Davy on 1111 Talk Radio today and know that there is very much uh, wisdom that will be imparted throughout this hour. So I'd like to welcome you, Mirabai, to 1111 Talk Radio. Well, thank you so much, Simran. It's a great honor and a blessing to be on your show. Well, there's so much that you give in service to so many, and you do travel throughout the world and and give everything from... Um, your your personal presence to different anointings and group gatherings and sacred service that I really want people to get to know who you are. And I'd like to start with talking a little bit about um, growing up in South Africa and how your experiences came to lead you to doing this work. Growing up in South Africa in an apartheid structure where there was a tremendous amount of suffering in the world was really an opening for me to uh, to turn inward to the inner light, the inner voice, the inner guidance of my divine self within, and to receive knowledge also from the the light beings and the masters and the divine light itself that started to appear to me from about the age of three years old was an was really the beginning of my spiritual path, and I had many, many dreams about a silent revolution taking place in South Africa, which actually never physically took place at all, and ultimately, um, it was a peaceful transition, and the country, I still go back there today um, to go and give group darshans, transmission of the divine light, healing workshops and uh, group group and individual healings. And it's a great joy to go back and shed light in a country where there's a tremendous amount of darkness and suffering. Oh, most definitely. There's a lot there. You said that you, you began to uh, receive these transmissions of light uh, at an early age, at the age of three. Did you grow up in a family, or, or were your parents the type that were very spiritual or had this leaning and knew what to do with that when you came forward with it? 
No, actually, my mother is a spiritual person. My father was an atheist. They were divorced when I was three years old. And um, my brother is a spiritual leader and a humanitarian leader in South Africa now. And, uh, and so it's interesting how we both turned out the way that we did, considering that we grew up with, um, with parents who weren't big believers in, in spirituality, which both him and I were throughout all of our lives. So how did you go about trusting what you were seeing and hearing and allowing yourself to stay staked in that with, um, with having the rearing that you had? I had a tremendous amount of inner guidance an inner connection to my divine self and to my inner voice. And my inner teacher has always been inside of me. The light has always been my teacher, direct. And so what I did do, though, is because I had absolutely nobody around me growing up who seemed to be able to understand or reflect my spiritual beliefs and faith and experiences, I actually took off in my um, early 20s to travel through Europe and India, and I actually went on a tour through Europe and India for two years searching for an outer teacher to be able to help guide me and clarify my uh, states, my highest states of consciousness, um, the gift of healing that I seem to have been given, the gift of sight that I seem to have been given, the ability to, um, to be able to see into and work with people's uh, problems and health issues and uh, conditions and be able to have the, um, the knowledge of what the cause was. And that, this kind of thing, um, medical intuition and so forth, that kind of thing started birthing from really about 17 to 22 more and more and more gifts opened. And I actually didn't, didn't know what else to do other than to go through India and Europe looking for teachers. And that's what I did. And as you progressed and you found your teachers, uh, were there certain methodologies that, that you learned, or did it just assist you in really deepening and anchoring it within the gifts that were coming forward? Really both. There were both uh, methodologies that I learned. I think one of my greatest teachers was Eileen Caddy from the Sindhorn Foundation. Um, I went to the Sindhorn community in Scotland every year for 10 years, and I really anchored deep in the knowledge of that God is within and that, the, that we can hear the inner voice. And shortly after I left the Sindhorn Foundation, I had my major awakening in, in 1992 when I was 22 in India, in Goa, believe it or not, um, on the beach community of Goa. I actually had an eight-week eight state of, um, of full unity consciousness and um, where I was merged, where I was merged with the divine light and with the divine self for eight weeks, and that came out of, I believe, that did come out of my tenure of of training at the Sindhorn Foundation to entirely follow the guidance of my inner voice and of the still small voice within, and that then led to the opening of the entire universe within and knowing the self within and merging with the self within. So, so that did play a major role in my teachings in that I did teach people from then on and still do today to listen to their inner voice and to find the divine light, to find God, to find themselves, to find the light of the soul within 
And also, of course, I do um, teach directly from the experience of my own awakening, um, which began fully in 1992. And from my own experiences and, and my own inner guidance, I teach. Well, and it, it's, it's no secret that now more than ever our planet needs such wonderful leaders and teachers as yourself because there are so many individuals that feel lost or feel as if they can't connect or, or don't even feel worthy of finding that God or that voice within. And so what are some of the different methods that you help to steward and teach to people? Well, first of all, I can't agree with what you're saying enough. I'm here teaching a four-day retreat at the Kripalu Center in Lenox, Massachusetts, a large center for yoga and massage and meditation. And uh, the people on my retreat were just sharing in our closing circle today how blessed they and fortunate they felt that they were to be present to receive spiritual tools and guidance, and they wished it for the entire world. And they came in, the group, some of the members of the group, very lost with circumstances and problems and illnesses in their lives, some of them even in crisis. And they left a very different group, and this is one of the benefits of of doing spiritual uh, work that includes the using of the spiritual tools. And I'll share with you now what they are that I predominantly use and give out. The main modality of my work is the transmission of the divine light, which means transmitting divine grace and transmitting divine healing and transmitting the um, good luck or good fortune that comes into people's lives through the quality of grace. And the fourth aspect of that is divine love. When divine love is transmitted into people, they automatically um, open their hearts and they have an activation where they recognize the love that's within them and then are able to step into their own, one, empowerment, and two, to claim who they really are and release the false aspects of themselves. The second, when I say the false aspects, I mean the negative aspects of their thoughts, words, and actions and bring about an entirely positive path, lifestyle, change of direction, new belief systems, and a wonderful life comes as a result. That's the aspect of my work that is really um, bringing in the divine light and the divine grace aspect. The other large part of my work is personal growth, mentorship with people, where I teach people guided meditations, I teach people silent meditation, and then I teach people the forgiveness prayers of Howard Wills, and how to use the forgiveness prayers that Howard Wills was, was cognized or received from the divine light to heal their bodies, to heal their health issues, to heal their relationships, to heal their finances, their abundance, all areas of their life. And that is indeed a daily spiritual practice. Um, the long version of the prayers and the short version of the forgiveness prayers of Howard Wills. I also extensively teach mantra as a spiritual practice and uh, I have several mantra CDs and mantra books available through the works of Thomas Ashley Ferrand or Nama Deva and uh, distribute mantras to people for different requirements for health, for abundance, for education, for the arts, for projects, for goals, for manifestation, etc. 
and that's another area or aspect of the teaching that is that is very large, including the 17 most popular mantras, which I have on a mantra sheet, as well as the short version of the forgiveness prayers, both of which I have available on my website, which is org, and people can print off the mantras and the short version of the prayers and use them at their own leisure freely for themselves, their family, their friends, their communities. Um, my guided meditation CDs are also available for people to use as a daily spiritual practice. And then individually, I do individual and group healing sessions guiding people on finding Topics like finding their life purpose, finding their their correct dharma or career, um, life path, and also providing spiritual guidance for people, as well as mentoring people with spiritual practice, as well as uh, developing higher states of consciousness, um, which we call samadhi. And I have a book, in fact, called Samadhi, which is a book written out of my journals of my own development of my own higher states of consciousness, what we call God consciousness, cosmic consciousness, unity consciousness, and all experiences guided and inspired by the divine light revealing itself to me in different stages of my own awakening and evolution. And then I guess really I became the teacher that I always wanted to have and that I sought throughout Europe and India in filling in both the personal growth work and mentorship around uh, turning negative thoughts into positive thoughts and creating affirmations for ourselves, writing affirmations, and learning to um, become conscious of our thoughts, words, and deeds through the use of conscious awareness, journaling, prayer, writing, and um, having mentorship circles. Uh, both in in groups and online and on phone and individually. So these are some of the, the, the practices and tools and methodologies and groups that I offer to individuals, um, as you said, around the world. Well, and I'd like mm-hmm. to go... I'd like to go into a little bit more detail in some of those in our next segment. Um, and, and before we close out this one, it, it's really um, sometimes a, a challenging place for many people to figure out who do I go to to help me. And so often, you know, there, there are so many choices, and then at other times there seem like there are no choices. And so uh, for that reason, I'd love to get into a little more detail on some of these so that our listeners can understand what some of these things mean if they have not been exposed to them before. I'm here today with Mirabai Devi. She is one of the first of a new paradigm of teachers that have come to usher us into the next stage of our spiritual growth. The old paradigm of the guru-discipleship relationship placed the teacher high on a pedestal where the student was forbidden to question. And now it is time where teachers are coming forward and really sharing and allowing people to find their own teacher within and stewarding that process. Mirabai Davy is one of those great teachers. So I hope you'll join me in just a few minutes and we will discuss a little bit more about darshan, sacred service, kirtan, and some of these other terms that you may or may not be familiar with. We'll be right back. Your online community for positive change. 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. I am here on 1111 Talk Radio today with Mirabai Davy. You can contact her at mirabaidavy.org, and she has an upcoming healing event in Charleston, South Carolina, along with Howard Wills. You can contact them at mirabaidavy.org, or you can also schedule private sessions with Mirabai or Howard by calling 760-216-1029, 760-216-1029. Uh, Mirabai is one of the first of a new paradigm of teachers that has come to usher us into the next stage of our spiritual growth. There are many different processes and protocols that can be utilized, and I'd like to go into a little bit of detail, Mirabai, to help some of our listeners understand why and how these tools are used in the event they're not familiar with them. So let's start first with with describing a little bit of, of what darshan is. I'd love to. Thank you, Simran. It's always important to clarify. Darshan is a Sanskrit word, which means to have the vision of God. And having the vision of God means to unify with the divine. When we have a vision of a divine being or of a divine light or of a divine source, the objective is actually to merge with that vision, to become one with God or to become one with the divine light or one with divine love. And so we have the opportunity through receiving what we call Shaktipat, which is where the divine light is actually transmitted into people through a hug and through being touched on the forehead in the center of the forehead on the third eye point. We transmit light down the spine, activating the Kundalini, which is the spiritual channel that moves up the spine. It removes blockages, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. It cleanses and opens and raises the vibrational frequency in both the chakras, and it changes the memory and the programming in the DNA of our cells from a negative to a positive. It erases negative, negative, painful memories 
that are in our past, and it erases negative, painful patterns from our past and transmutes them into positive tendencies, positive opportunities, and basically turns the body into light. And it's important to turn the body into light because we're spiritual beings, we're souls, having a human experience. Now, Mary, and the I whole have a objective of, of our life, the whole entire objective of our life, is to learn to love ourselves and to be the love who we are. I have a couple of questions that might be entering some of the thoughts, some of the minds of our listeners. And one would be, uh, for, for many people, is spirituality and religion the same thing? If they're participating in something like Shaktiput and Darshan and mantras, uh, does that mean that they are um, participating in a different religion? Are they giving up what they know to do something else? Or is this allowable? Well, that's an easy question to answer. I include that answer to that question in all of my events. Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, who's a wonderful spiritual teacher who travels around internationally, he has a way of explaining it. He says religion is the banana peel, and spirituality is the banana within that you eat. Religion is the outer form, and spirituality is the essence. They are two entirely different substances. Religions are made up of rules. They're made up of dogma. They're made up of tradition. They're made up of texts, writings, and so forth. Spirituality is the direct experience between you and the essence of your soul, which is the light, the divine self. And that direct relationship, once that's developed, forms is a primary relationship in your life, as well as a as well as a primary relationship with yourself, with healing and loving yourself. And that then affects all relationships and all of your life around you. So what I would say is that mystics from every tradition of every religion have the same identical mystical experiences in common, and these are spiritual experiences, and it doesn't matter what tradition they take to get there. The mystical states and the highest states of consciousness that they experience are always the same in every tradition and throughout every religion. So, yes, I would I would go ahead and be bold enough to say they're two totally separate things. Well, and I think it's very important to um, allow oneself to make that discernment for themselves because for us to evolve and allow within ourselves the greatness that already exists there, we do have to let go of some of the constructs and beliefs that we've been taught or that we've taken on that may not actually serve us any longer. And that's not to say get rid of religions. That's just to say get rid of the the barriers that may be keeping someone from also experiencing other things that can enhance who they are, not change who they are. Very well said, very well put. The majority of my work, Simran, is helping people transmute and release their old conditioning, their old belief systems, the patterns they've learned from their family that they've inherited from their lineage, that they've been taught as a youth throughout their life, and not only that, even deeper than that, transforming and transmuting the conditioned mind, which is a computer that has been programmed, and releasing the conditioning. And even if we look at some of the outer forms of religion where the dogmatism 
and the rules and the traditions and even some of the fear-based teaching present, uh, prevents as an obstacle people really finding who they are and their own empowerment, their own liberation, their own enlightenment, their own direct access to the divine. Because, of course, in the new paradigm, the divine is within us. We go directly within to access it. We're not looking for intermediaries. We're looking for the direct relationship. Most definitely. Uh, one other question that came to mind as you were speaking that I thought people may have is when when attending a, someone and, and getting receiving darshan or shakti put, and you're talking about all these things start to happen, I think sometimes people tend to go somewhere and expect that all of a sudden their whole life will be different in an instant. And I know that there are situations where that occurs, but... Is this also something that may take some time to unfold for an individual? Is there, is, is, is there a method um, or a pattern, or, or do we have to be patient with ourselves and allow this to continuously unfold? Well, you're just very tuned in, Simran, because two of the people on my retreat at uh, the Kripalu Center asked me that exact question this morning on the retreat because they had come to the darshan and they had not had a lightning bolt experience. And they wanted to speak on behalf of people who come and don't experience the lightning bolt. And what I share is that this infuses into your life in every area of your life. And for weeks and months to come, you will notice changes, whether it's a relationship, someone you haven't talked to that was an important member of your family or a spouse, ex-spouse, suddenly may call you and want to peacemake or want to continue the relationship as if there was never a gap of years. Miracles can suddenly enter into your life. People find diseases spontaneously lifting, back pain or pain in the body lifting. And this can take weeks and sometimes even months after the darshan to transpire. And so we can't directly look in the moment, in an instant, for an immediate response because there's layers of blockages that are being cleared out by the transmission of the divine light and the reconnection with our inner self that's taking place. And so as all of that is occurring, we, 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 we know that the process is in place and it will take the length of time and have its way with us. The light will have its way with us until the time is ready for the event or the circumstance to show us the change, the transformation in our practical everyday life. Well, and I'm glad that you expounded on that because I think it is an important piece. People want it yesterday and they don't realize that, that we really are on a journey. And another point that you made earlier was that a spiritual practice is so important. And from hearing you talk, I kind of got the idea of having the darshan and the shakti put and almost, in a sense, plugging in at that point. But if you don't keep that spiritual practice going, then it's almost as if you're walking away and all of a sudden you pull the plug out of the wall. It's not that you get disconnected totally, but you weaken that connection that you once had because you're not allowing yourself to focus back in on it on a regular basis. What do you think about spiritual practice? It's interesting, Simran. It sounds to me like you must have come to one of my darshans or teachings because... That's the exact terminology that I use. I explain to the group at the beginning of every darshan that it's like being plugged into the wall socket and you're plugged into the cosmic energy and the cosmic energy has all possibilities for you in your life far greater than your own mind and ego can ever conceive of 
or ever or ever manifest. And when you walk away from a darshan or a public gathering, you have to, if you want to, you have to do the spiritual practices on a daily basis to sustain that experience of still being plugged into the energy and not pulling the plug out and disconnecting. Because the spiritual practices are what sustain the connection on a daily basis to the divine light. They're what sustain the connection on a daily basis to your, the connection to your inner self, to your inner joy, to your inner peace, to your inner stability, to your inner happiness. And these practices are the, the daily repetition of um, the mantras, the daily speaking out loud of the forgiveness prayers, both the short version and the long version, especially using the long version of Howard Will's forgiveness prayers if there is an illness or a crisis in your life. And the short versions, of course, um, which are available on my website, org under teachings, you can print them out and look at them. Those short versions of the forgiveness prayers and the 17 mantras on my mantra sheet, both are going to bring you immediately, they're going to snap you out of reacting and coming from a place of ego reaction and unconsciousness, and they're going to draw you into a higher place of compassion, forgiveness, a conscious choice on how you want to respond rather than react. And they'll also break negative cycles and turn them into positive cycles. Both the forgiveness prayers, the long version, the short version, and the mantras, as well as coupled with a daily practice, if possible, of some form of purification, either breathwork or spiritual exercise, mm-hmm. whether it's yoga, tai chi, qigong, walking in nature while speaking mantras or speaking affirmations, and, of course, as I mentioned before, some form of meditation, whether silent or guided visualization or, mon- or meditation with the breath or a mantra, all of which I teach in my various classes. And I am here with Mirabai Devi. At a very young age growing up in South Africa, she innately sensed such suffering in humanity that her gifts of compassion began to develop. She then started to receive inner training from the divine light and divine masters, later traveling to study with teachers in India and in the West until she realized that her purpose was to use her gifts to serve, heal, and awaken. Since that time, she's been traveling the world giving darshan to awaken and help all those who come to her. You can find out more about her and all of her products, as well as her events, at org. M-I-R-A-B-A-I-D-E-V-I.org. We'll be right back in just a few minutes, and we'll speak a little bit more with Mirabai. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a Higher Dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Mirabai Davy with MirabaiDavy.org is a foundation who allows this international spiritual teacher to travel throughout the world spreading such tools as darshan, shakti put, mantras, healing prayers. Her work has touched many in many places, and she is going to be in Charleston, South Carolina on October 4th and for several days doing private sessions along with a group healing session. In addition to that, you can check out her website for any other events that are coming up perhaps close to your area. Mirabai, we were speaking about some of the different tools, and we went through darshan. Uh, Some people may not understand, and they kept hearing the word mantra, they may not understand why mantras work. What is the force behind them? Why do these sounds? uh, is, Is there something about the tongue or the lips moving in a certain way or touching certain points? Why do they work? Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to say that mantras are there in every tradition, um, in every religious tradition. They're not just unique to the Vedic or yogic tradition. The majority of the mantras that I use are either in Sanskrit or in Tibetan Buddhist mantras or are in English. The Tibetan, I'm sorry, the Vedic mantras or Sanskrit mantras are specifically sound-based and not meaning-based. Sanskrit is a sound-based language, not a meaning-based language, which means that the mantra works predominantly through the sound frequency and also, of course, through our intention. Before we begin the practice or recital of any mantra, we first write a list of our intentions for this mantra. So let's say we are doing a Ganesha mantra, A Ganesha mantra, Ganesha is the embodiment of the remover of all obstacles. We begin the Ganesha mantra as the first mantra. For any mantra practice, first we have to remove all the obstacles, and then the other mantras will work. So Ganesha mantra, which is in fact Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, and you can get that off of my website on the mantra sheet, That mantra, the way that it is um, structured, a mantra is structured, it automatically creates a sound vibration which will vibrate through the chakras and resonate in certain chakras and certain organs. It will go out into the universe, into the near surround, and it will magnetize towards you from the universe whatever it is that you're asking for, and it will bring it back to you into everyday third-dimensional reality, into practical reality. So if you're asking for a relationship with a man or with a woman, if you're asking for a health boost, 
for your health to be improved or your illness to be removed, if you're asking for a modality of healing or a particular healer or the right system of healing, if you're asking for abundance in any form, including financial abundance, etc., there's a mantra for every single one of these things. And by repeating that mantra, you're not only repeating the sound vibration which brings you into oneness with that particular aspect or attribute of or quality of God, because remember there's, there's one God, there's one divine self, but there's millions of different attributes or creative principles or impulses. And when you chant one of the attributes or creative impulses of the divine nature, whether it be abundance or love or removing obstacles or perfect health, then automatically you attract that to yourself because the nature of the fact that the creator is within us. And so as you resonate a mantra, and this is it's, it's a similar principle to the forgiveness prayer. As you speak out a mantra, that vibration automatically sends into manifestation what you need or want. And when it comes to performing mantras, when we're chanting, is there a specific amount of time, a number of times that you repeat? Is there a method? Because it almost sounds like, and this may be beneficial for those more linear thinkers, it almost sounds like a spiritual science, that there is a formula, so to speak, that can be utilized to help us get into that beingness of these different methods. Mantra is a science. It's been present for probably about 4,000 years on Earth, and uh, pre-BC it was it was present. And um, the, the mantras originally, of course, came from the original sounds of creation, the Om being the primordial sound, and all of the mantras resonating out of um, the creations of the original sound that brought form into being. And so the, the science and the tradition of mantra typically is that we do a minimum of 108 times twice daily for 40 days for the Ganesha mantra, in which case after the Ganesha mantra is done, we have initiated ourselves into mantra practice and we can begin the repetition of any other mantra. There's 17 popular mantras on my mantra sheet. People can print them out look through them, the English translation and the approximate translation, because, of course, it's a meaning-based, it's a sound-based language, not meaning, excuse me. And so when you look and see, well, I need a mantra for this or that, you can then proceed to chant that mantra 108 times, twice daily, for another 40 days or for as many months or years as you're still needing the benefit of that mantra. If you're wanting after the 40-day practice, to do of Ganesha, to do two or three or four or five or six mantras at a time because you're using a power-packed punch against a health crisis or you're trying to eliminate a disaster in your life or you're trying to bring in a tremendous amount of good luck or good fortune in a particular area, you're welcome to use, you know, more than one mantra at a time, in which case time allowing you could use a minimum of 27 repetitions twice a day, which is one quarter of a mala, or 54 repetitions, which is one half of a mala. And a mala are the prayer beads that have 108 beads on them, which you can use to chant 
on and count up, and those malas are available for sale at my programs um, if you come live. And, of course, you can order them online or go to spiritual esoteric bookstores, and you will find them there also, as well as at, uh, at other spiritual centers. And, and being that we are such a doing society, I, I want to clarify a little bit because many people may listen to this and think, okay, I just need to go and do this and repeat this and then I'm done. But is there a sense of feeling to it? Because it, it's not just the repetition. Is there anything else behind it? Does there have to be a sense of feeling or a sense of connection to what you're speaking to? Yes, really, since mantra works primarily off of intention, First, once you've created your list of intentions, remember that your feelings, your emotions are very powerfully effective on your body since the body is our instrument of truth and never lies. So you can actually direct mantras into particular organs in the body for internal healing in those organs, for directing prana into organs to energize organs to heal organs, to transmute um, block energy in the body. You can, you can chant mantras um, if you want to for loved ones that are having health problems or crises who would never chant a mantra for themselves. And, of course, you would always state in advance, I do not want to take on this loved one's karma. I'm chanting this on behalf of them, and I'm doing this for them, but I don't want to take on their, their illness or their pain by chanting the mantra, which you won't if you state that intention. Clearly, you will not. And then when you chant the mantra, of course, it's better to chant with heart, with feeling, and to chant from a place of fulfilling the asking through a sort of prayerful manner of for your intentions to be made manifest. Thank you, Simran, for picking up on that. Wonderful, wonderful. And you also speak a lot about journaling. Is, is, is there a length of time? Uh, can, can mantras be journaled or just even our general journaling? Is, is there a science to that as well? The, the way that I teach journaling is as, as the following. First of all, write down your list of intentions in your mantra journal. Write down in your mantra journal the results that the mantras bring to you so you can track them. That's a mantra journal. Use a journal also for self-awareness practice. So write a list of all of your negative belief systems. Transmute them into positive, the opposite. What is the opposite of lack or suffering or pain or negativity? Turn the negative into a positive. Create an affirmation out of it. And then take the affirmations and spread them around your house, your car, your office. One minute. And use those affirmations for your own healing practice, and those are two ways of using journaling. Of course, there's many more. One minute. And it's very important to develop a spiritual practice and to also seek the support and guidance of those teachers that are coming available to us to give us what we need. I am here today with Mirabai Davy. She is, is traveling throughout the U.S. and the world, and she supports individuals in many sorts of ways. You can go to her website, org. She's the author of Samadhi, Experiences of the Divine, and she has additional CDs, uh, other downloadable mantras, prayers, and also additional prayers that Howard Wills uh, creates that are linked from her website. So take advantage of a lot of the free offerings in addition to a lot of the different products that she makes. Also, uh, it is a foundation, so any donations are appreciated. It is a work of service, a work of sacred service. We'll be right back with Mirabai Davy. 
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. We are very honored to have Mirabai Devi, an international spiritual teacher, healer, author, and mentor for thousands of people around the world. She's the founder of the Mirabai Devi Foundation, and I hope you'll log on to her website, mirabaidevi.org. Let yourself peruse all of the offerings that are there. Get connected to the events. She has CDs. There's a book. There's writings. And there's mantras you can print off. There are prayers. Also links to other sites such as Howard Wills. In addition, uh, once you've visited there, take the time to make a donation. It is a donation-based organization, and everything she does is in spiritual service. Mirabai, when was the lightning bolt that just said, I need to go around the world and take this work. This is my calling. This is what I'm here to do. When did that real knowing come? That's such a beautiful question, Simran. Really, I was in Goa, India, and I was on a rock, and I, I lay my body down on this rock, and I said, I said, God, if you don't reveal yourself to me, if I don't see your face, and you don't show me your true nature, I have nothing left to live for. I really don't want to be here in this world just based on the outer any longer. I need that deep inner connection to continue. And at that point, I heard a still, small voice that said, get up and go back to your cabin. I went back to my cabin, and I entered into a full state of union with the divine And with the universal self, the cosmic self, it lasted for eight weeks. And during those eight weeks, I said to the divine light, who of course appeared as as an absolute aspect of non-form, a consciousness, and also appeared to me as a form, a being in form, and, and, you know, traveling to that dimension that I would call heaven or a heavenly realm, I said to the divine personality, what do you want me to do? And I was instructed, 
help others to realize what you have realized. And I said, well, how do I help others to realize what I have realized when I don't even know how I got here? You obviously got me here. I didn't get me here. I don't know how I got here, so can you help me with that? Because you'll have to provide that peace. And the divine said, I will send you back, and you will, you will go and you will help people all over the world to wake up and realize themselves and to realize the truth of their nature, to realize who they are. And I said, okay, I'm a willing instrument, although I came back kicking and screaming into the physical plane. After eight weeks, I slowly regained my normal everyday waking state of consciousness. It took me four years before I could see everything as solid form and not see everything as vibrating light and frequency. And during those four years began my ability to integrate my personality into my divine awakening, and during that time was given to me some of my spiritual gifts, which the divine needed me to have in order to be able to share the knowledge and activate and awaken and help other people to be healed physically, to awaken to the divine within themselves, to find out who they are, to remove their pain and suffering and transmute it into joy and bliss, to be able to have that. I was given the tools and the knowledge and the support through the divine light as being purely the instrument, I made my life a life of selfless surrender and a life of service. And the divine just sent the people to me who invited me to come to their communities um, around the world, starting with Europe, um, Germany, UK, and then moving over to America, North America, uh, all over the United States, Canada, and then uh, throughout South America, and then I was taken to Australia, and then on, um, of course, back and forth teaching all over South Africa, and now I've, again, this year I've just been invited to teach all over Europe and the UK again. So it just seems as if um, it just, the people come, they ask, they request, I hear the call, and if, it, if the organization is supported uh, through people's help and donations and support, then I'm able to travel to various communities and go and share the programs, the darshans, the group healings, the individual sessions, the teachings, uh, far and wide. That is a beautiful story, absolutely beautiful. And so individuals can also contact your organization if they want to bring you to their, their area and have, have some of this. Anywhere on planet Earth, have body, will travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. We, we, we come in to learn so much for our own growth and, and continued awakening. I don't know, uh, at, at least in my perspective, I don't know that we're ever fully complete. Are there any lessons that you feel like you are still in the process of learning or still need to learn? Because they often say we teach what we need to learn. Yes, I only teach through my own experience. I was told not to read books. When I reached the age of 18, I was, I was not any longer allowed to read. I had to get all my knowledge directly from within, from my own uh, transmission and my own inner dictation from the divine light and the divine light beings. And in the process of my awakening from 1992 to the year 2009, I have still been integrating my own life lessons and transmuting the karma that was, you know, set into me at this birth. 
um, in conjunction with, of course, the divine fire, which burns it all up um, for me and through me and with me. And one of my biggest life, I'd say my main life lesson is balance. It's my biggest life lesson is balance. And in the in the path of service, of course, there's just not enough time in the day, as you would know, Simran, to serve all the people who need to be served, to reach all the needs and demands and requirements, and still balance that with being in a human physical body and the limitations that the body provides and respecting and nurturing the body and also having enough time for things like rest and relaxation and rejuvenation and my own personal spiritual practices and letting the light work on me, which is, of course, a continual thing as I'm constantly being refined and worked on by the divine light. Um, It's quite a juggling act, and so I seek every day to maintain the lesson of balance. And I think it's really important for people to hear that because so often individuals will connect with a teacher or connect with someone they want to call a guru and they almost idolize them, not realizing that they they too have their challenges, they too have their lessons, and it's important for you too because that's where your wisdom comes back through to us. And so I, I appreciate definitely the, the balance aspect. I'm, I'm learning how to... Uh, maneuver that particular word myself and so um, I'll, I'll take any wisdom you can share along the way on that one <laughs> I want well, to I thank to you say that, that just in hearing what you say is that in the new paradigm um, which is as you mentioned so beautifully I'm a, a new paradigm spiritual teacher which means that I'm dropping the paradigm of um, being in a, on a pedestal or in a different place than others I just realized that everybody is equal and the same Everybody is a teacher to each other. Our child's a teacher to us. Our parents are a teacher to us. Even our animal can be a teacher to us. Nature is a teacher to us. The teacher is everywhere. And so in learning to balance myself as a life lesson, um, I, you know, I constantly have to be humbling myself and getting my own lessons. Well, thank you so much, Mirabai Davy, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. And I'd also like to announce to my listeners that 1111 Magazine has gone completely national. We are now in all of the Barnes and Nobles and available by subscription at 1111mag.com. So I hope you will go out and get a copy. 1111 Magazine is there to support your empowerment and your personal growth and brings to you many of these wonderful, gifted teachers and healers such as Mirabai so that you can continue to receive the coaching and the prayers and the mantras and the support that you need to remain on your path and continually growing to a higher vibration. Thank you so much for listening this week, and we will have something else special for you next time. Take care, and until next time, I'm Simran Singh. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.